Greetings, listeners, and welcome to episode 22 of the Ain't Nobody Heard of Us podcast. I, for one, am super excited about this episode because, thanks to the power of the internet, I got to sit down with Mr. Dave Holmes. Now, some of you may be wondering who the heck am I talking about, and trust me, you've seen him everywhere. Former MTV VJ, Reno 911, I love the whatever decade they're going on on VH1, and host of FX Channel's DVD on TV, just to name a few of I personally have always been a fan of this guy because he's just one of those normal down-to-earth people that you have as friends in your personal life, except he's on TV. So, thanks to Twitter, Dave, and yes, I'm going to call him Dave because I'm cool like that, finally relented to my constant Twitter request for an interview, and I was not disappointed. The guy is a consummate professional and a total class act which is a phrase I don't use often to describe a lot of people. It was a good time, and I'm not going to lie, I'm still grinning like an idiot. So sit back, turn up the volume, and enjoy episode 22, aptly titled, There's No Place Like Holmes. Operator, put me through to podcast. Please state the nature of your emergency, ghost hand. Hello? Hey, boss man, how are you? I am good, man. How are you? Excellent. Super excited. Thank you. Yay. Me too. Hold on. Let me, uh, let me throw in a little video. Oh, cool. There we go. Let's see. Ha-ha! There we are. Sorry, I'm trying not to grin like an idiot right now, so I'll do my... Oh, that's fine. Grin. Grin away. We all look better when we smile, don't we? Indeed. Well, I need all the help I can get, so... Stop it right now. Stop it. Again, I just want to say thanks for taking the time and doing the... My pleasure. I'm sorry. I'm sorry it took so long. Oh, no. I've been a fan of you for a while, so for me... Thank you very much. Like, actually, the first time I actually chatted with you on Twitter was I asked for a picture from you, you were holding up a piece of paper that said, FSR, get well soon. I remember that. Yeah. I thought. I that. Oh, awesome. Did he get well? Yeah, he did. He's out of the hospital. The, the treatment oh, finally took, so. Good. All right. Nice. Well, well. Cheers. Well, hello. Oh. <laughs> well, folks, we're joined today on the Ain't Nobody Heard of Us podcast with a TV personality, Mr. Dave Holmes. Hello there. Whom I've been a huge fan of. Well, oh, thank you. Thank you very much. No problem. Actually, the first time I saw you was, and you probably hear this a lot, was on uh, the MTV I Want to Be a BJ. That does come up an awful lot I, in my life. Yeah. And that's fine. It's fine. Okay, yeah. That was uh, that was a long time ago now. And and I wanted to do it, but, you know, the funny thing is my folks said, you're too normal looking for the show. And then they saw you and went, well, he's good looking normal. So. <laughs> <laughs> first of all, thank them. And second of all, you're plenty good looking normal. Thank you. Maybe things were different 13 years ago. I don't know. Uh, now, how old how old were you at the time, if I may ask? If that was 13 years ago, I would have been 17. Okay. All right. I had glasses that were about two inches thick on the side with bifocals and the skin acne. Oh. So. <laughs> uh, 17 is a rough age, man. Would not go through it again for all the money in the world. Nope. Actually, 17 was okay. Uh, 15, 15, 14, 15, 16 were rough. 17, I think, started to even out a little bit. But uh, but it can it can be tough. Every, everyone's teenage years is uh, is different, but nobody's is easy. Probably some people's are easy, but fuck them, right? <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Okay. Sorry, that's my dog. 
uh, barking. So I hope. Fine. Fine. Okay. I hope he's not disturbing you. Junior. Junior. Cool it. Sorry about that. Oh no problem. <laughs> so if Wikipedia is to be believed, which it's not, but are originally from St. Louis, Missouri. Okay, you got that right. Oh. Yes, I uh, I am. I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. I was actually I was born in uh, in New York, um, and then, and raised in uh, in uh, St. Louis uh, with my brothers, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's um, it's a beautiful city. I uh, I, I can't I, I miss my family in St. Louis terribly, but uh, um, the and, and in fact I actually really have, have grown to love the city now. Now that I go back as a grown up, there there are some parts that are really great. I grew up out in suburbia where things are kind of you know chain restaurants and whatnot. But uh, but St. Louis, the, the actual city, it has a lot of uh, a lot of flavor. Did I really just say flavor? I did. But yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a great little city. Where where are you from? Where are you where are you calling in from? Uh, Indiana. Oh, very nice. Whereabouts? Indianapolis. Hmm. Very nice. I have some friends there. Uh, I've passed through. I haven't. I haven't spent a whole lot of time. My brother went to Notre Dame, so I spent a lot of time in South Bend. Actually, I, was I had. A, I have an uncle who was a professor at Notre Dame. Uh, very nice. So how is uh, how is Indianapolis treating you? It, it has its moments. I work too much, so I. What do you do? No free time. At home care for mentally challenged adults. Oh really? Yeah. Wow, that's great. It can be, except yeah. With they put me with the violent house because I'm six foot four and they're all, uh-huh. they're all kind of intimidated by tall people, so right. they put me in the house with the violent guys. Well, that can probably be a drag. It's never boring. No, there you go. <laughs> never boring. There you go. One of them. Is that what you want to stay doing? Is that? Uh... Uh, no, actually, no. not at all. I would all right. prefer to write. Okay, as long as you got a couple hours in the day to write, then you're in good shape. This is a good time to want to be a writer. Amen to that. So. Everyone really knows about the whole MTV thing, so we'll just skip right past that. Sure. And okay. what after you did that? What was what was where did you officially start post MTV? Huh. Well, my first thing, uh, I guess it would have been in around 2002, something like that. I uh, I moved out to Los Angeles. I'd been living in uh, in New York, working at MTV, and uh, and and it got to the point where I. Um, I started to realize, um, like I was, I was 30, I was, uh, you know, and, and MTV is youth obsessed, as, as we know, and uh, and I was finding myself getting less and less busy, and sort of newer hires were starting to get more and more busy, and I thought, like, I might not be here for too much longer. So uh, I, I started working on a show with MTV that was out in, in Los Angeles, and uh, and they put me up for a couple months, and I and I just I kind of felt like I saw the writing on the wall, and I was like, "I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna stay out here, and just, you know, when the contract is over, I'm not gonna try and get another year. I'm just gonna stay." And uh, and they were like, "Yeah, you should probably do that." So it was sort of like this weird, like totally amicable, mutual breakup and everything. Uh, and then I, I, I was out here, and, and the first few months, I have to tell you, were terrifying because you don't like, you don't know what the next thing is gonna be, and like. If you're heavily branded with one network, other networks are, are reluctant to take a chance on you because they don't want to be seen as like taking you know sloppy seconds or whatever. So so I had I had a few months where I was blowing through my savings and auditioning up a storm and nothing was happening and and it was uh, it was terrifying. And uh, and then I went in for the FX show uh, DVD on TV, which I'm still doing. Um, knock on wood. And uh, and. Uh, I, I was just lucky in that the, um, the the casting director and none of the people from the FX network were familiar with MTV at all, and, and so I kind of was able to start from scratch with them, and 
and uh, working on the show, and I've been doing that uh, ever since. So yeah, the the, fir- the first thing that I got was uh, was FX, but I, I spent that uh, that time sort of like retroactively paying some dues, taking uh, improv classes, um, doing you know sketch shows for nine people, you know, just trying to like get some of the seasoning that I had skipped over by like getting plucked out of my advertising job and dropped into the middle of MTV. I'm petting my dog while this is going on, so if you notice some arm and shoulder action, don't be alarmed. That's okay. No, it's a dog, not. No, if my, my dog, uh, I actually had to put, just put her down, but oh, geez. literally be crawling oh, on my shoulder, like hanging out on my shoulder for like two hours if I'm on the computer. Are you okay with it? Yeah, I'm good, I'm good. She, she, she had a good life. I rescued her from a, a puppy mill, so... Okay. She had a good life and worked out well. Good, good. You made her happy. Absolutely. And she made me happy. She was a good dog. Well, there you go. That's the best you can hope for. So good. I'm sorry to hear it. Was acting what something you always wanted to do, or was it just sort of a lark? Or no, I mean, I had always I had act, I've acted my whole life, but I've never really you know I, I've only gotten paid for it a few times. Um, but I, I've, I've acted my whole life. I, w- I wouldn't really consider myself an actor. Uh, so much. I um, I had the bug my whole life. I lost it a little bit in college because that's where it starts to get real serious and Shakespearean, you know, Ibsen-y and that kind of thing. And, and I just like to get up on stage and fuck around, you know. So so with like sketch comedy, you can get on stage and fuck around. And improv, you can get on. I mean, that's you're really just getting on stage and fucking around. And and so I, I like doing that. Luckily, there there is there are jobs that involve that. So I, so I've gotten lucky, but. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot of like actory kind of stuff that I am not at all um, qualified to do. But I but I do I like to do it and I'll go in for anything. Yeah, I've I've, I've been I've been lucky for somebody who's sort of half-assed at acting. I've I've managed to get some fun parts. I don't, I, I can't see you half-assing it because you come at when, when you come out and and people see you on on TV or I see you on there. There's always a sort of a I guess a, a sense of just you you kind of go into it full throttle. I don't see you half-assing it. No oh, thanks. Oh, but believe me, I do plenty of half-assing. So sometimes only a quarter to a third of an ass. Um, but, but I mean, there's there's a lot of like, you know, dramatic stuff that I that I don't really feel super qualified to do. But again, I go in for all kinds of stuff, and sometimes it works out. So, but yeah, I, I, um, I I've been lucky to to do things with the uh, with the you know uh, Tom Leonard and Ben Grant from the state and Reno 911 and that kind of thing, and they they really do. Uh, it doesn't feel like an acting job. They really do encourage uh, improvisation, and they develop your storyline and your character with you. So that that kind of stuff is really rare. But I've been I've been lucky enough to get some of that work, and it's uh, it's good stuff. I think that you're moving like just like you're doing the, a drink with Dave, mm-hmm. which uh, actually I didn't even know about. Someone just turned me on to it, like oh yeah, randomly, and I burned through all of them. <laughs> Oh, nice. Oh, good, good. Yeah, we are, we are just about to do season two, as a matter of fact. I was just uh, emailing with uh, the producer, um, Brandon Wallowitz, who I work with, and uh, we're nailing down some dates in October. We're going to do a whole second season. We're really excited. That, that is a really, really fun show to do. So, and, we, and we did it for literally, I think, $75, that whole first season. Everybody donated their time. Uh, the bar at I.O. West, which is a, an improv theater that I perform at, uh, donated that space to us during the day. Everybody just did everything for free. It was fantastic. It was really fantastic. That's what that was really great about the Internet, because you can just do amazing stuff for absolutely nothing and, oh, sure. and cut out the middleman mm-hmm. when it comes to advertising and just, bam, 
give it directly yep. to the people that will follow you and that you you know will like it. Exactly. Where did the idea come from? Like, was it just? I will. I'll tell you. If I was with uh, my friend oh. Will. I'm really sorry about the dog. I uh, I was with my friend Will Hudson, who is kind of a, like a social media guru, and he, um, you know, he's somebody that I had known for a while, and and. and was involved with a with a, a live storytelling show that I do in Los Angeles called Public School, and he and I were just looking for something to do together, and um, and it was one of those things where we sat down and we had a few drinks, and and we were like, what would be the like a dream show for us to work on together? What what would be something awesome for us to do? And we sort of wrote down all the elements of it, and then he was just like, well, then let's let's just do it. Like, let's just call, like, we know people who can shoot. We know people who can edit. We, we got a bar that we can probably, you know, light and make look pretty. And, and uh, so why don't we just, just do it? And so we did. Like, we just pretended it was a real show, and we just did it. And that was kind of that. It, it was basically we just wanted to have, like, a fun talk show with interesting people that, you know, we didn't have to talk to any Kardashians or, you know, any other kind of assholes that don't have anything interesting to say. Uh, we could just talk to interesting people who are actors or who are writers or who are, you know, computer people or, or whatever. And, uh, and just like have conversations that are interesting to us. And that was, that was sort of how it started. And it's, uh, it's been really fun. It has been a really, really fun show to do. I'm very lucky. And where can people find that at? You can find that on adrinkwithdave.com. Uh, yeah, there you go. Adrinkwithdave.com, I think would be the best place. It's, it's hosted on like Blip and uh, a lot of other places, but I think, I think, com is your best bet. And now, you said you do improv. How often do you do that? Do you Not as much anymore. When I first came out, I was re- like, I was, I was super committed to it, and I, and I was up, you know, many, many times a week. Now, I almost never do it. I've been, I've been really thinking about getting back into it because it is a lot of fun, and it's uh, like I, I feel like, like I'm kind of jonesing for it a little bit. That, that it scares the hell out of me personally, just because I maybe did it like five or six times with a, a, a group when I lived near Louisville, Kentucky. Right. And stand up, mm, no, it's it's hit or miss night. Not open my yeah. night when I'm there. Oh come on. No seriously, like if you tell a joke about if you tell a story about having sex with a midget, people love it. Anything else, no. Right. Yeah. No. Well, but the the only way past that is to go through it. You got to just get your feet wet and tell the stories that people are losing their interest during and that kind of thing. And just like it's it's a difficult thing, but it's it's the kind of thing that you have to like. There is there's good stuff on the other side, but you have to go through it. You have to like really eat it on stage a few times. It's it's a lot of fun at first because you make people laugh and that's a great feeling. But then as you try to make yourself better, you start to feel like you suck at it and you don't know how to do it and you shouldn't be doing it and you gotta you gotta like push through that that's my advice to you which you did not ask for but that is my advice to you no i i i tried i, I gave it a shot i gave it a shot i don't think it's I'm, I'm better if it's you know if i'm behind the camera well but i mean that's based on what like it wasn't great the first time or you know you weren't like louis ck the second time you got up on stage it's more like a comfort and what I feel I can actually do better. I'm better a little more behind the scenes directing it and, right. and putting the way it should be and having uh-huh. other people put it on the table. I, I, I would definitely say just give yourself a chance. Try it a few more times. You might like it. Improv is a lot of fun. It really is. It's very hard and it's very frustrating and it makes you want to kill yourself a lot. <laughs> but it, it can be really great. And you have to go through the period where you want to kill yourself. And you have to not kill yourself. That that would be important. <laughs> yeah, it's an important thing. So, I'm gonna. 
I'm going to refill. Okay. And we'll, we'll pick up in a moment. If that's all right. Take your time. Take your time. questions and I got inundated by one particular friend of mine. She adores you. Oh yeah? Yes. At Miss Bastard. What's her name? <laughs> Twitter name. What's her name? At Miss Bastard. Oh hi at Miss Bastard. That's a charming name. Oh no her husband's nickname is Mike Bastard, so Oh I see. I see. Yeah. Okay, I get it now. Good people. So it's his fault. Yeah. Exactly. We're totally gonna blame Mike on this one. Awesome. But awesome. she wanted to know, is there a way for the fun stuff that you do in L.A., and that meaning the uh, comedy and improv scene, uh, to be broadcast pretty much? Or are you planning on putting that on YouTube? Uh, you know, that's a good, uh, that's a good question. There is, um, there is, there's an improv group, uh, and they're all friends of mine, uh, called Trophy Wife. That has been, um, that's been putting their, uh, their weekly improv shows up online. And, uh, and I think that's super smart and people all over the world are watching it as they should because they're really, really funny. Um, and I've been, yeah, I've been kind of wanting to do something like that. Um, Rob Delaney and I do a monthly show at UCB out here called Mapping the Heavens that's great. And I, I want more people to see it. And that's, you know, it's a nice big theater, but it's still, you know, relative to the amount of people that we want to see the show, it's pretty small. Um, so yeah, we're, we're, we're trying to figure out ways to put that up online. I don't know how that's going to work, but, uh, but also another show that I do, uh, with my friend Scott Kimple, who is now a writer on uh, The Walking Dead, which is great, um, and, uh, we do a show called uh, The Friday Forty, which is like a it's like a sketch comedy game show in the mold of a uh, like remote control, if you remember that, um, where it's forty questions about the events of the last seven days while we all drink forties of beer, and uh, and we're sort of we, we used to do it every week out in Los Angeles, but now Scott's very busy. I've been traveling a lot. We can't really be in the same place, um, as often as we used to. So we're, we're, we're targeting more like festivals. So, uh, if there is an Indianapolis comedy festival, please pass the info along. Cause we'd like to take this baby on the road or wherever Mrs. Bastard lives. Uh, perhaps we can go there. Oh, she'll, I, I, I think she just had a heart attack. She'll be so happy. To hear. Oh, awesome. Oh, good. Don't have a heart attack. Breathe deeply. That's very sweet though. So thank her for me. Oh, absolutely. Now, um, my question is, what I thought was very cool was, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was in 2000, you came out, you came out? Mm-hmm. Well, yes. I mean, I, I was always out. It's just nobody really asked until whatever it was, 2000 or 2001 or whatever it was. Uh, and in fact, even then, nobody asked. I had to sort of bug out magazine to do a feature on me. I did. I've been out for a long time, though. How, uh, I, I got to ask, because personally... Growing up where I did in a small southern town, if they mm-hmm. thought you were gay, you got the living hell kicked out of you. Oh, sure. So what was it like for you growing up? Did you have those kind of troubles? Because I got enough baseball bats in the back of the head. So. Oh, Jesus. I'm sorry, man. I'd have um, uh, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I had a little bit of those problems. When I was, a, like, a little, little kid... Um, I did because I, because I was, you know, all I wanted to do was do shows and, and, you know, sing and dance and be on stage and all that kind of thing. And I couldn't have cared less about sports. I was, I was never 
that kind of kid. And, and you know, growing up in, in St. Louis, um, it, it, you know, I wasn't, like, bullied per se, but there was a very rigid sort of, like, mold that uh, a boy was supposed to was supposed to fit in, and I didn't. And, and so, like, that was... That was strange, and I was always, um, it was never like, you know, nobody ever beat me up or anything. I, I went to Catholic school, so there were small class sizes we could kind of, you know, monitor that kind of shit. But um, but I, I definitely was made to feel strange growing up. Um, and and it wasn't it wasn't really until, like, eighth grade, ninth grade, when I, when I realized that I could, like, make people laugh. Then it was like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm all right. Like, I, I could survive because I, because I could make people laugh. And, and so, like, that, I think, saved me from being beaten up too bad. Um, but I was still, I mean, you know, I can't, I can't throw or catch a ball to save my life. And so, I, you know, there was a limit. There's a glass ceiling to how, you know, how cool a kid can be without, you know, uh, being good at sports. Um, but, yeah, it was, you know, no, I never got beaten up. But it was definitely, it was a, it was a weird experience growing up. And, and I, I would like to think that things are different for kids now. I hope they are. Because I, I, I saw your video for the It Gets Better. Oh, yeah? And it was definitely moving. I, 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 I thought it was beautiful. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. That was, uh, that was fun to do. I was really, uh, I'm, very, I, I'm very proud of, of being involved with that. I mean, everyone can be involved. Everyone should be involved. But I, uh, I, I feel I'm, I'm really proud of that. That's such a neat project. Yeah, because actually, um, what, for the life of me, I can't remember. What is the name of the... It's the itgetsbetter.com, or is it? Uh, yeah, maybe .org. .org? Uh-huh, yeah. Um, or if you go to uh, savagelove.com, uh, Dan Savage's website, I'm sure there's some kind of a link there. Because we are, on the website, we're about to have a charity auction. Oh, yeah? So we're going to have two of them. The first one, all the proceeds uh, are going to go to the Wounded Warrior Project. Oh, great. Soldiers that come back. And the next yeah. I'm trying to figure out what to give. So, you get to choose. What charity would you like all the proceeds to go to? That is a good one. Let's see. Let's see. Maybe the um, Leukemia and, uh, and uh, Lymphoma Foundation. My uh, my father has uh, it has uh, multiple myeloma right now, and there are some great uh, charities that uh, help people out who have uh, bone or blood cancers. Uh, I have done some some races and raised money for them, and, and they're uh, they're a terrific charity. So maybe maybe one of those. Done and done, sir. Oh, cool! Thank you. That's really nice. It's really nice. You had said The Walking Dead, and that's what made me think of it because uh, the uh, for the comic book, the original artist Tony Moore. I went to yeah. the comic book convention and uh-huh. bought a couple of his pages. Really, original art. So that's what we're going to be auctioning off. Battle Pope. Nice. Very nice. <laughs> God damn it! Now the dog is in the room when he's barking. But my, uh, like I told you, I have a, uh, I have a good friend who is working on the actual show. Let me see if I can't uh, score some stuff from the uh, set or something to be auctioned off. Okay. I make, I make no promises, but, uh, but I'm going to write it down right now. Sounds like a plan. All right. And yeah, I'm going to see, uh, see if I can't do that. That's awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. And we are at that part where we have what is what I like to call on the show. Tweet queries. Okay. Tweet queries. Tweet queries. What does that mean? Oh, we uh, the Twitter questions. Oh, okay. Nice. First one would uh, is being that is was asked. Use my words. Um, it's all right. It's okay. 
Dude, I just had I had a meeting um, with a with a network a couple of weeks ago, and and it was kind of you know it was it was like a big deal. I mean, not like you know not like a huge big deal, but it was you know pretty decent deal. Something I didn't want to fuck up, and it was fine. Everything was going fine until like the last two minutes. I completely lost the power of speech. I just could not fucking talk. And uh, and it's you know in a meeting, especially if you're an on camera person, it's it, you need to be able to talk. Uh, so I was like, uh, good to meet, good to Good meet, good meet you. Like I couldn't, I couldn't say good to have met you. Like that couldn't, those words would not come out of my mouth. It was really fucking embarrassing. So um, yeah, so they got a they got a good, a, a really well written thank you note, and I'm hoping that that will be the impression that I leave them with, and not my horrible marble mouth. Anyway, go on. Um, at overclocked heat sink. At what? <laughs> Overclocked heat sink. Okay, I don't know. I don't understand what that is. Uh, I have no idea. All right. But he asked if you had one dream job, television and film. What What are you shooting for? What is your? That's a good one. That's a good one, and it changes a lot. We're lucky in that. Okay, this is going to be a long-winded answer, and I apologize. Oh. Um, but you know, we're lucky right now in that everything is changing. You know. Um, the, the time of like the big net because I would I would ordinarily say of course Letterman uh, like I would love I would take that show over in a fucking heartbeat as would countless other people um, but I, I I feel like the 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 version of that show that is coming is going to be going to be less sort of you know desk theater you know thousand people in the audience. And more sort of what like uh, Kevin Pereira on Attack of the Show does, where it's like a little bit more laid back. There's more viewer involvement, that kind of thing. I would love to fuse those two things together somehow, uh, but but make the money that David Letterman makes. Like that's the only part of of his current job that I hope stays exactly the same is his paycheck, and I want that job. Uh, yeah, and then there are a billion others, but I bore you to tears. Or laid back live Letterman kind of show where people can chime in as they do on your show. Uh, back to Twitter queries. We have at Myra. He asks, um, did you find when you came out that limited your choices in uh, your particular field of no. your work? Because I have a friend. He, he goes. He, he's in New York. Seth, a buddy of mine. He uh, he's just got out of college. Wants to be Broadway theater. And he found when uh-huh. he came out, he got cast pretty much as the token gay guy. Right. And, or he could only do certain things. So he, uh, my, at Myra was wondering, does that does that sort of stereotype ever affect you, or are you, or not? No, 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 uh-uh. no. Because I, I think what I do is is kind of a weird thing. I'm not really an actor. I'm not really enough of any one thing. Um, it, it, like people who look like me are rarely on TV anyway, so it's already an accident that I have a television career at all. So, so no. I mean, I think it's I'm kind of an oddball in in this world anyway. I don't. I don't it doesn't it hasn't really changed anything. And and if you know, my advice to everyone: if you feel like you're not getting the right jobs or people, you know, the right people aren't hiring you to do the things that you want to, you don't need those people anymore. It's 2011. Everyone's got a camera and some basic editing equipment and, you know, everyone can like get a show started and get a handful of people to sit in the audience. So, you know, if you're not getting the part that you think that you should get, then write it, like get up an hour and a half earlier every day and sit down at your computer and write that shit because 
you know, that that is how you make good stuff happen. The era of like, you know, I'm not getting the right parts is like that shit is over. Yeah. Write the right part and give it to yourself, and that's how you move forward. Yeah, because I'm like checking a lot with my pen. I apologize. My brother and I are doing great. the same thing. We uh we wrote a web series, so we're gonna do that rather than you know try and have someone else do it or try and do something. Right. We we decided we have the the stuff to do it. Why not just make it ourselves? And we have friends, and yeah. family who are watch who will watch it. So right. And and you know what? And there's much more than that. There's you get there's much more beyond your friends and family. Everyone's got an equal shot at a big audience, you know. So don't limit yourself to just uh, friends and family. Well, you know, we put it on YouTube and and pretty much just throw it out into the stream. But I mean, you you've got a shot. You got a shot in an audience. Everyone does. Good luck. The last one we did, we call we called it in Carl we trust. Uh huh. <laughs> Someone told me I looked like Carl Urban. For some weird reason. Okay, I'll buy that. I'll buy that. And I, I'm writing in Carl we trust. Yeah, and and I'll look that up. And so what I did was, I had just gotten back from the doctor that day. Who's like, yeah, you're way sick. If you want to keep your kidney, lose the weight right away. And I was like, okay. So I decided while I do the weight loss to make like a mock reality show. I agree with you that if you don't get the part, you know, find what you're looking for because I just threw out a five-minute video that took two hours to make, and, it, and you know, we immediately got good views, and people enjoyed it. Right. See, it tied all together. Call back. It worked. There you go. So, you, you wait, back up. You were actually told by a doctor that, if, that you had to lose weight to keep your kidney? Mm-hmm. Really? I have a, a weird little thing where it's, uh, like, a vein from the kidney is connected to part of my intestine. And every okay. time I go overweight, your body, when every time you go over what your body weight is supposed to be, your, your intestines produce more of the bacteria. Well, it goes in that vein onto the top of my kidney, and you get these little fatty growths on there. And it happens I gotcha. twice, and they managed to get the meds, and, and no need for surgery. But he pretty much said if you do it again, you, you know, you'll lose it. I'm sorry. Go on. Sorry. How much did you lose? Uh... Right now I'm down 15. I gotta go at least 45 more pounds. Really? Yeah. The first time when my kidney went bad, I I dropped from 240 to 190 in a month and a half. Holy shit! How did you do that? It's just if you your kidney goes, the whole system goes berserk. Oh, I got. It. Oh, so you weren't trying to lose? Not, that much not the first time. Now I'm trying to lose weight. I gotcha. Okay. Do it healthy this time. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. We're actually at the end of the show, and I just... Oh, yeah? Yeah, and again, I just wanted to say, really, thank you. This, for me personally, so this is a pleasure. Uh, this is... Thank you, and so, for me too. For me too. And, um, oh, before I go, you have a show coming out on the History Channel? I do, yeah. Hey, let's plug. Yeah, I have a show. Uh, it's what they call a backdoor pilot in uh, in TV speak. It's, uh, which means that it's a special that will act as a pilot. So if it does well, then uh, the network will uh, order more. And the network is uh, is history. Uh, it's actually going to be on H2, which is their new channel that they're launching, I think, this week. It uh, was History International, but they're rebranding it as H2, and it's where their sort of informational programming is going to be. Anyway, long story short, it's called uh, How Many People Does It Take? And it's kind of... Uh, 
It's like a show about how thing, how it's like a how it's made or a, a modern Marvels kind of show. Um, nice. But it's all other people on the uh, assembly line. So it's you know how many people does it take to make that can of Coke or uh, a, a handgun or a thing of fireworks or whatever? And it's going to air November eighteenth, I believe, on H two, and then I, I hope many times after that, but we'll see. November eighteenth. Mm-hmm. Set your DVR, folks. Please do, and tell everyone you know to do the same. It's important. It's going to be a good show. I uh, I just saw Rough Cut, and I'm really I'm very pleased with it. It's a uh, it's a fun show. I think I, I'm excited to see it. Just thank you because I love those shows. So you're already up my alley on that one. So awesome, awesome. Yeah, I really enjoy those kinds of shows too. And and the thing that's usually missing for me is the actual people. Like there's a lot of disembodied hands. You know, making things, but we never talk to the people, and and I think that it's it's I love to yap, as you can tell, and uh, so it's you know it's it's nice to just sort of you know you, we we meet some interesting characters along the way. Well, again, thank you very very much for coming on. I Joel, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. And again, people can find you at, on Twitter at at Dave Holmes and at Dave Holmes a drink with Dave dot com. Right. And again, November eighteenth on H two. November 18th, H2. That's correct. Awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, this is, that's been Mr. Dave Holmes. And Joel, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Oh, thank you, sir. And we will catch you folks next week. <laughs>